Here's Gourlami. We all knew what we were going to do. We fucking knew it. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, guys, and welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. This is Kenny's week is what we're calling it. And so this is Kenny. This is Paul Dabian. This is Ian. And today we are going to be oil men. Oh, yeah. I'm a demon. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the real one. I'm an oil man. There we go. Alongside Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood. Yes. The 2007 film directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Damien Mm. Thomas Anderson. Your your movie, man. (laughs) Starring. One of my favorites. Good job. Starring P. (laughs) Day-Lewis. And directed by, uh, or and also starring Paul Damien Dano. Oh, you were just Paul Damo. You were just all over this movie. Crazy. So, um, but yeah, no, it, this came out in 2007, which is so funny because it came out. I, f- it felt like it was at the exact same moment that uh, No Country for Old Men came out. I think it's the same year. Yeah, no, mm, it's for yeah. sure. But I just, I had always lumped the two movies together because they were, they just felt like. They're like gritty, not westerns, but like gritty movies of a tif- different time, you know. Well, I well, mean, no, no country, country for old men being much closer to mm-hmm. our own era, but I think it's still based in like the sixties or something, sure. isn't it? No, I. You I think don't it's think so. truly modern. I think it is modern. Maybe is this, right. Was this your first watching of the movie? Oh, had you seen this movie before? No, I had not. Oh no! So yeah, curious. this is both Paul Damien and I's first time seeing There Will Be Blood. How was it? A was it a like? not at first oh interesting (laughs) at first i was very fucking bored it's a really slow burn of a movie but i think that's what makes its like climatic moments so amazing um so i at first i did not like this movie very much but i i really started grew yeah i really i really liked it the more i watched you know yeah i mean i i liked it well enough I mean, I don't hate it, and I'm not going to give it a bad grade, mm-hmm. but I do have some bones to pick with it. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, this, I, I hoot and hollered about this as being mm-hmm. one of my favorites, and I, rewatching it, still kind of feel the way I do about it. Yeah. And so this time I sat on it even more, watching it like, okay, why do I feel mm-hmm. the way I do? So I'm going to kind of come on with my guns on why I think this movie yeah. stands strong on its feet so well. You Can know? I talk about the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, let's, so just, let's just dive into the first silent 14 minutes it, that we have exactly. to deal with. Yeah, exactly. I was, I, I was falling asleep <laughs> watching it. <laughs> I should have thought about that. that yeah. It's obviously a much more... Uh, methodical. Methodical and visual mm-hmm. film. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely doesn't hold your hand in what's going on. You've got to really kind of pay attention to... Every little you have detail to analyze, of what yeah. you're being given, yeah, to really, uh, but that's where I think, like, I this was probably like my fifth watch you okay. know, of the movie. Oh. If I had to guess, even more, if I had to actually say, and so it's like every time I watch it, there's little nuances I notice that I'm like, holy shit, that I didn't even notice that before, and I mm-hmm. think that's like you said, what makes this movie great is it grows with you as you watch it through every experience, and you get more and more from it mm-hmm. through every experience. But yeah, sorry, but let's get oh, back no, on the yeah, get back on the start. Yeah, well, I, I just want to say. I, I don't want to blow my load too hard right uh-huh. now, but this movie gives you literally, it shows you everything and then makes you second guess it at points where you're like, huh, I guess it was, it wasn't trying to tell me what it 
showed me and then later mm. it's revealed no yeah you heard and saw what you were <laughs> meant to hear and see and so i i i, I really like that about mm. this movie because this the paul thomas anderson he did what like hard eight and he did boogie nights yeah, i no, believe he's actually got a pretty cool uh he Career. did Inherent Vice, yeah. which I love that movie for some reason. I, I feel like that's a bad movie that I really love. We saw that together, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I think so. Um, hell yeah, crack it. Crack it. <laughs> but no, he's he's a very prolific creator. He's mm-hmm. a very prolific uh, director. Mm-hmm. I say creator because I'm always on that comic bend. No, absolutely. But oh, Punch Drunk Love. I've always yeah. wanted to see that movie. You know, he's he's done all kinds of great shit. And, and kind of a spread of things, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're not all, you know, kind of in a category. You know, right. You could put them in and clump them in. But he also works with um, this man, Daniel Day-Lewis, multiple times because mm-hmm. i think they do the the well, scissor movie it. together oh phantom thread, oh, that's phantom what it's thread. Okay. <laughs> no yeah scissor movie. uh edward scissor threads yeah <laughs> <laughs> and edward phantom threads um i tried to think about it while watching this movie oh magnolia that's another fucking magnolia. great movie that's what um so i've always i've always thought i've loved daniel day lewis and everything i'd seen him in and come to think about it i'd only ever seen him in the crucible yeah, true. Mm. And that's the that's it. I don't think I've seen Lincoln. I don't think I've seen... I'd ne- Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, never saw that. Never saw this. So, I just always... I always had always put fucking Daniel Day-Lewis on the pedestal that everyone puts him on without even really experiencing him before. It's like the It's like the clout of his... Existence. Uh, existence yeah. was just like, oh yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah, everybody says so. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I genuinely think so. And he, mm-hmm. I mean, he's you know infamous for being a method actor and someone right. who delves incredibly deep into their roles. And so it's incredible for me to think that he lived the life of Daniel Plainview for any given amount of time. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine what it was like working around him right. as Daniel. You know, right? Day Day Plainview. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he's just—it's such a character that you know i i compare you know leading up to this i compare was comparing him a lot to like walter white mm-hmm. and characters that you know are so ruthlessly mm-hmm. hell-bent on the thing that they want i mean mm-hmm. and i think that D- daniel plainview is that done in one of the best fashions i've ever gotten to experience you fucking hate him you don't want to root for him in a lot of ways but at the same time you're just driving with him to get to this finale because you do want it for him mm-hmm. at the same time you want to see him get there because you're you have how hellbent he is willing to try and to make yeah. it happen you know right. do you think that there is an inheritance to the idea of an oil man and like kind of the environmental impacts that we have today mm-hmm. that's kind of kind of highlighted in this movie almost where it's like it it is born from this same kind of like destruction that it's kind of doing even though we maybe didn't know the environmental impacts back then you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah do you think that there's that kind of aura around this wind Paul Thomas Anderson. Destructive it truly yeah. is, even from getting it from the ground all the way to how much it destroys yeah. our planet. <laughs> but like, not even literally, but like, it's almost like it's birthed in the character as well. Like, it's all, it's all just kind of mushed as one idea. It takes this kind of darkness to yeah. make it happen. Because uh, frankly, I don't feel like he is that bad of a guy. Mm-hmm. I interesting. I think he's more. Um, What's the word? Dependent. Because right when he sends his boy away, he allows his 
supposed brother Henry. to be the man that he tells all his plans to and tell, teaches mm-hmm. him the business and walks and goes everywhere with him. And then it, once he's gone, he brings his boy back. And it's, mm-hmm. so, it's just like he's always having to have that right-hand man with him. And it's just interesting that I don't think that that's really evil. Like, he's he's ready to share this as mm-hmm. long as you're close to him, you know? Yeah. And it's like how much he does for little Boston. You know, we mm-hmm. see and then we get his big speech where he's like, we're going to fucking bring y'all to school. We're going to do all of these things to build y'all's community up right. to balance everything out. I can't succeed if y'all don't succeed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, it, Exactly. He, it's not that he's necessarily like the embodiment of evil, but he is ruthless and will destroy anything or anyone who gets in his path to the top. You know what I mean? And I guess so, He yeah. gives his speech to, you know, Henry, the super right. brother uh, character we get, that, you know, he literally says, I, you know, I don't want anybody else yeah. to succeed. He, He's like, like that's a competitor. Like, it's such a, he, his drive for competition is so great that he doesn't want anybody else to win. He wants to yeah, be the, the only winner. You know? I know, and, and I, I feel like that's okay because mm-hmm. the people that he is with, he protects stupendously you know what i mean like i don't know like even his right hand man that's always like where's hw you know (laughs) just like fletcher fletcher yeah exactly i just i feel like they had such a great companionship and they were willing to work with each other on any level and that's why i love the character and i love how it's presented to us because Mm -hmm. you're right he's such a conflicted person and we get to see that so personally through so many of the smaller moments we get with him and a lot of the struggle you know we see him I, one scene that always gets me is the first time we see him passed on the floor drunk when they come in to let him know the guy died at the bottom of the well it it's such a unspoken way to show the mental struggle that the character is going through mm-hmm. in spite of constantly being like this force of like i'm going to make everybody else better mm-hmm. you know we've yeah. just gotten this long speech of how he's going to improve this town and starting to and then it's just you know a couple scenes later he's literally passed on the floor drunk you know yeah which by the way that scene where the man in the well dies Mm -hmm. one of the only scenes one of the only sections of the movie that doesn't have daniel day lewis in it Mm -hmm. like we finally cut away from him to watch a man die and then it's only because it impacts daniel day lewis Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's because it matters to him yeah this this whole movie takes place on his shoulders and i fucking love it for that and one thing that uh to go back to the first 14 minutes is Mm -hmm. it took me like watching this movie like three times to be like oh the guy that died at the very beginning was the boy's father the boy's father yeah like i was like literally like oh he just already stole the baby at this point like second and third watch i was like (laughs) he just already took the baby at this point that's (laughs) incredible and so because i I didn't this is this is what i'm talking about where it tells you all the visual language Mm -hmm. where it's like we're showing you this but maybe you're thinking oh it's just adorable that all these workmen are just passing the baby around because you're not Mm -hmm. you never look at the dad's face and like that is the father. That's the only guy that's touched the baby. Exactly. You know what I mean? And they have the same, but they have the same hair. And yeah, exactly. Like, and so it it plays that trick on you without even saying it's a trick or without even allowing it to be a trick. Where it's like you visually see this, you're like, maybe that's the father. But then you're like, well, Daniel Day Lewis is the main character, and I know that he has a son in this movie, so he has to be the father. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, and like even at the end of the, I remember watched after I watched it the first time, I kind of believed he was lying to his son. I was oh, like, he's yeah. just being a dick you know Mm -hmm. and like telling him the worst thing he possibly could in this moment so watching it multiple times and finally making that realization that oh no it's definitely obviously this (laughs) other guy's baby at the beginning of the movie i thought it was so brilliant that once we get introduced to hw i'm like his name makes nine thousand percent more sense because what would daniel name his son but 
two initials because every other oil man we're introduced to is like jj templeton hr whatever you know all of them go by their first two initials Mm. i was like so he wouldn't we never jg wentworth exactly (laughs) well jp morgan you know (laughs) and so it's like we don't even we never even learn what hw stand for it's probably just henry williams they don't stand for anything it it probably means his his original name henry williams and he's like nah you have my last name but i have to believe it's literally just an h and a w to make him sound more professional distinguished yeah Mm -hmm. And like, like and he business, already so. belongs in the business. Yeah. I thought that that was such a unique name for this kid. I loved the fact that he was just walking around with this little boy mm-hmm. and just like, this is why you charge the, you know, just mm-hmm. like giving him the spiel, like while they're just walking by a train or something. You and know? when we see him pitching to that family to drill in their land and the woman's like, where's your wife, sir? And he's like, oh, she died in childbirth. It's like, what a fucking perfect little I mean, and it's plan. probably, it could be yeah, true. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, I mean, it's still somewhat common nowadays exactly yeah. so, plenty I mean. common back then so <laughs> especially when you have oil on your hands and you deliver the baby it's I've like the, it's like, <laughs> you know it's like the perfect little lie he's created for himself you know <laughs> where he even talks with that lawyer who you know is like you know it's lucky you get to carry such a cute little face around everywhere <laughs> you go he's like you complimented on how handsome my boy is <laughs> it's just there's so much that this movie does even through dialogue to explain uh the intricacies of like why daniel plainview has like created the world around himself he has to once again be this this fast train to success you know mm. i fucking love it because yeah you're right he is so dependent on like those he directly wants around him but at the same time our biggest conflict of the movie is him trying to build this pipeline which mm. involves him basically being completely independent of everything he would need right besides his business that. yeah you know? but um, then he has to be dependent on the brandies mm-hmm. oh true yeah bandy bandy, bandy. Ban- they, William they, bandy. Cre- they created the bandaid yeah. oh um, shit well they got that bandy brandy yeah. well it's because they got the oil and they made the plastic and then it's bandaid yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> um they well, used to call them bandies right yeah <laughs> <laughs> god damn um <laughs> so the opening of the movie mm-hmm. is a grueling session of him using mo- all the different weapons or all the uh, rock weapons I, I, <laughs> rock you, you weapons. can only you can only hurt rock flush with these weapons <laughs> Try um, mine steel. yeah exactly but he's 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 mining and he's all by himself and we see what are the consequences of that when he lights the dynamite and he's not able to pull the tools up by which himself. drives me nuts i was like yeah. Well, for me, it's you like, should have pulled him up, pulled him up, go back down. down exactly. Exactly. He was trying to save dumbass. a trip. Yeah. He was well, yeah. To save but a trip. it's now dawning on me that that's probably the brilliant marquee sign that's like, you'll never see Daniel Day Lewis alone again. And if you do, he'll be vicious and angry and evil. You know what I mean? Because he felt the repercussions where he hurts his leg going back down mm-hmm. there. You know, it's like, it's, because the next time we see him, he's working and he has a crew of men. He's like, I'm not doing this by myself again. Do you guys think that it started off like where he was mining silver and he just happened to find oil in there? Yeah. Is that what happened? Well, he found the silver he needed to start his oil business oh. is what that whole opening scene is. Oh, okay. he, get, he finds just enough silver to then basically go on to start the okay. oil business. That's, what oh. I think is interesting is that it... 
I also thought, because we see him drawing like a oil yes. derrick, and I was like, are they trying to hint that he invented the oil derrick? But I think it's more just showing that he like knew the science he needed to make it right. happen. Um, Simple machines. Yeah, just like knowing, he, it's like he had Pulleys that. Pulleys and levers. It's, it's just showing that that was like always his plan, like mm-hmm. that he knew that that was like the next big thing to come out of the ground. And so I like all that in opening part because it basically introduces us to how oil works in right. a little bit of a way, but also shows us him getting his business started. Cause we see that it's the castle Hill. Mm-hmm. Derek, I think is what they, it, yeah, is the first one he talks about that's pulling 2000 barrels. Um, yeah. But that's like his very first, you know, uh, well, we see him and creating at the beginning of the movie. You know? It's kind of funny because he kind of says that towards the end of the movie about, um, somebody else. I forgot Paul. who about Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like Dude, he's, Paul's story he's getting is one five thousand dollars a week, and just <laughs> just the same way he. Do was you think doing that's true? Yeah, I didn't want to talk on Eli and Paul just yet, but oh, to talk a li- no, it's fine. <laughs> but to talk on Paul, I love how much he we see him for what I think it's like three minutes in this movie. It's like three or four minutes that his character's in this movie, and yet he echoes through it so much and has one mm, of the best, especially because. There's a character that looks just, just like, like him. him. Uh, I was so fucking confused yeah. at first. So was Daniel Plainview. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, a be- that's once again showing you something, literally telling you, I have a brother and two sisters. And so he goes there and he meets the brother. But there's this weird moment where they're locking eyes for a second, almost as a recognition of like, right, yeah, Eli. It's me. Yeah, I'm Eli. <laughs> yeah. But Eli's just more like, God be with you <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah exactly i think it, i and what do you i mean i have to imagine twins were a fucking oh my gosh weird thing to have to True. deal with back then you know I, there was a point where they were considered witches and you know so it's like even after that craziness it's like how weird would it I'm be to demon. like run into demon. identical twins if you didn't even totally know that was a real thing that actually existed you know it's like right. maybe something you've heard of and it's like ah that's probably just folklore and so first you, first you, time watching it did you think that they may have been twins i think maybe at first and then as you realize the character of eli is so aggressively different than the drive that paul obviously had to get away from because they both wanted money yeah yeah they both seem to have the same kind of drive when it came to money yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah obviously eli being so much more in like the third revelation side of things of wanting it i guess for me i could recognize how much paul was obviously trying to get away from that environment where he's like we can't grow shit there there's fucking cheap land to buy. If you give me money right now so I never have to go back there, I'll tell you exactly where it is. You know, I, I definitely felt those vibes from that character. Mm-hmm. So um, I think even my first watch, I figured it out that they were meant to be different people right. pretty early on, you know. But um, uh, It's pretty brilliant that when the movie finally cements it, that, you know, Paul climbs over or Eli climbs over the table to attack mm-hmm. his father. And he's like, your idiot son, Paul, did this. You're mm-hmm. an idiot father to an idiot son. That all, sh- all shit, that's, that suddenly twists the movie from being about these dueling forces of Daniel and Eli. Because, like, even on top of that, it's, like, underlining a little bit. Mm-hmm. Until right before that, where he, like, shoves his face in the oil mud and shit. Um, oh, my God, that scene. I was yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> I love, holy shit. I love every scene between them because you just it's just a climb of conflict mm-hmm. between the mm-hmm. characters in such an in my opinion organic way i get why daniel plainview would fucking hate a little worm like eli mm-hmm. but yeah. i get why eli sees him as this monster that has come in and torn 
everything away from him, taken every opportunity he probably could have had for himself, but never would have, you know? Yeah. Oh, did it's the like, prayer part as well? Like oh, that? Yeah, the, the <laughs> baptism. that opportunity oh, away from him? Yeah. No, yeah, the part where he, uh, Eli was like, you should let oh, me. Oh, you should let me have a prayer. Well. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I loved that. And dude. then he, he did it on his he own. He twisted into a thing and about me. Mary. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> um, but what, what I was saying was yeah, the right. movie suddenly shifts right there from like these two forces that now both of them have brothers. Cause the next scene we're introduced to Henry, right? Yeah. That's his brother. That's Daniel's brother mm-hmm. or quotes brother. Yeah. Which the only other movie that I, like recognize him from is the mummy he was in the mummy oh, yeah. yeah he's in the mummy he's no never mind he he i thought he was somebody else's brother in that movie <laughs> no, he's just like some some thief oh, okay. he's just yeah. part of the crew from the original mummy thief. movie well he does a good job in this movie yeah that's something that the beginning like 30 to 40 minutes i kind of struggled with this movie was was because Daniel Day-Lewis felt mythical and such a different tier of acting at parts where Hmm. it was kind of taking me out of it where then I had to think, is he overacting? But it's everyone else that's underacting. (laughs) And so it's just this weird like place that I kept having, I kept getting knocked out of until things started escalating and it felt more realistic for these characters more to then genuine bounce the around. Yeah. Unhinged, exactly. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, once like hit shit hit the fan, everyone was like right on each other. It was fucking good. No, I, I think the acting in this movie is fantastic. I think Daniel day Lewis's over the top acting is, is a tone of just how crazy, deep daniel Plainview is meant to be that how mm. once again ruthlessly deranged he is to get to the thing he wants and i really think a lot of the once again the positive parts that we see of him is kind of more of a mask not saying that he necessarily is truly evil but it's something that he has to like put portray. on to, yeah, and definitely portray more than what is naturally him where the more natural moments are definitely those intimate moments we get with him and henry where he's right. basically like i fucking hate people you know yeah uh, <laughs> i honestly feel like his acting wasn't like overdone or anything. I I feel like it was pretty fucking spot on to who this character needed to be. Yeah, and, true. And so that's one thing I why I give this movie all the praise in the world is that sure you can get me in super into a movie about fucking Captain Marvel and fucking the Eternals or you know Shang Chi or all these you know these subject matters that are fucking awesome. But when you can or the Joker, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, like going the Todd Phillips way of a little more artsy kind of movie mm-hmm. or that. But when you can make me sit down and be fucking incredibly enthralled and entertained on a movie about a fucking oil man, I'm a demon from the early, <laughs> I pressed the wrong button again. <laughs> An oil man from the early 1900s. I, that's how I feel. You know, you've made a fucking fantastic film because the subject matter is something I could have given an absolute. Shot. Shit oh, about that's completely true uh, and but you've managed to create something that made me fucking get want to learn about how oil comes out of the ground and take the time to actually do a little research for this podcast on how <laughs> oil works you know because i was so enthralled by this film and how it portrays the environment that you know a character like this could have been exposed to mm-hmm. you know yeah. i love the oil derrick explosion scene it's one of my, mm-hmm. my favorites i think the music is 
strong shows how strong the music is in this movie and the mm. fact that it's like unforgiving as the main the character music is carries you throughout the whole movie it does or it doesn't because it's so present or unpresent you know the you know the whole beginning scene where he's in the silver mine there is no no music. that's not true there is there's like underlying music it's bit. droning just <laughs> just like insane just like <laughs> it's it's doesn't so, it kind of escalate through louder and louder it escalates it, and mutes and escalates and mutes it this soundtrack was done by the keyboardist from uh 30 seconds more definitely no way way off uh radiohead <laughs> oh god that's, that's, actually <laughs> that's interesting yeah what a, what a creep <laughs> <laughs> this is the second movie that we've had where someone from radiohead did score parts yeah because i think motherless brooklyn one of our first like movie episodes i think tom york did a uh he did a couple of songs for that movie anyways um no but this soundtrack is like insanely built where it it feels like it's coming from a guy who plays like insane soundscapes on a keyboard Mm -hmm. but then all the instrumentation is practical there's that there's the the offbeat drums that are like you know and they're layered over each other where it's they're not even like feeling like they're on tempo Mm -hmm. but it's meant to show distress yeah and it was wild watching that and hearing that compared to just it was happening while daniel day lewis was just walking out of that meeting at night where all the people the townspeople were arguing with yeah at the beginning of the movie and it's just like this doesn't feel like it's in sync, and it it it's it's wild to experience. But I makes, love in sync. Bye bye bye. But yeah, I feel like you're right. It's meant to show the distress of the scenes we see it in, mm-hmm. and so exactly it like it doesn't work so much as like a music element, so much as like another uh, effect element of yeah. feeling like oh shit, there's so much conflict going mm-hmm. on right now, and mm. the, this fucking wild noise I'm having to be exposed to is just really driving that home. But I think once again, that's like kind of the secret brilliance of this movie. It's such a it's such an experience, you know. Yeah. I'm genuinely bummed I did not see this movie in theaters because I can only imagine what a fucking show it was <laughs> yeah. to hear it at ten thousand volume, you know, <laughs> at the fucking Alamo Draft House on a or big some screen shit. and watching that oil Derek mm. burn you and know? eating fried pickles and gross and just <laughs> seeing oily old daniel day lewis that's enough just be like my son is not okay <laughs> dude the, yeah the oil rig explosion is fucking incredible um yeah i mean this there's so much in the beginning of this movie that you feel like it's suddenly a stroke of bad luck and it's it, you feel like it's it wants you to believe it's because he didn't let eli like bless, bless the well <laughs> yeah which is crazy because it's like you don't that's that's weird for this movie to drive that so hard and then it suddenly becomes like money versus god kind of that is no i mean definitely i think that is a, in a weird way or it's like uh in a and or man versus god you know being True. money mm-hmm. being just the driving force of man sadly enough mm-hmm. you know but um i think that uh this movie fucking does such a good job of like not shitting on Christianity, but showing like how it was being over, definitely overused oh. in this time period, you know, yeah. because Eli is the most accurate fucking preacher I think it's I've ever seen. Yeah, I think, that, yeah, I think it was less about man versus God and more like 
man versus like the false ideals because he just saw he, versus he false never, prophet. Yeah, yeah, he never saw anything wrong. He never said anything wrong about Christianity or religion. True. Just that he even Eli said, was like, a false prophet. Like thank God and Amen and all this stuff. Yeah. Like he was still like on board with it. It was just mm-hmm. that Eli was irking him the wrong way. It's like how it can be misused as a tool, you know, and mm-hmm. not as a act of faith, you know. And Eli um, is the ultimate user weapon, you know, against fucking Daniel Day Lewis throughout this movie, and I fucking I love it. I can't even get enough of this film. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so they're both driven by greed a little. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and by little, I mean a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> definitely both their main force, right? Because like Eli, is, when when we see first see Daniel Day Lewis like try to purchase the property after they've gone pheasant hunting, quail, quail, quail hunting. hunting, yeah. Um, <laughs> He's like, I'll buy it for quail prices. Like, he's telling HW, like, all the business plans, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, no, never mind. Never mind. Hot Wheels. That's what I was going to call him. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Wheels plane views. <laughs> um, but he, they go to buy the land at dinner, and the fucking dad sends the women away. Um, but Eli is aware that he knows that the there's oil. oil and that he wants a better price for it. Mm-hmm. And there's that intense scene where they're, like, talking – Six dollars an acre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're just like kind of barter- bartering, and it's just like, fuck. And at this point, I was like, oh, this is Paul because who else wants Me money too, besides yeah. Paul? You know, Paul's the the money man. I in thought my maybe opinion. Eli was uh, a schizo. <laughs> that would have been kind of cool. Like multiple personalities. Yeah, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but no, I I just this this scene was so fucking meaty for me because i was like this is this is good shit this is good dialogue i I finally felt like the acting was really yeah. all meshing together yeah. properly yeah i also uh before we go to break i also really love the scene where hw or the hot whole wheels. parts yeah where hot wheel tells uh his dad about how the dad beats Mary no, or whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> he catches her and he's like, no one's going to beat you up anymore, right? No one's going to hit you anymore. And then he just turns and looks at the dad as he <laughs> lets her go. <laughs> he's eating his mush or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about this movie. Uh-huh. Here at Econo Flare. We are always driving to push the needle forward. We're always trying to find new ways to innovate and bring along new technologies to make everyone's lives just a little bit better. And that's why we're introducing our new fuel, Super Juice. We're making sure this stuff burns brighter and harder and faster and stronger and all the Daft Punk adjectives. Because here at EconoFlare, we're just always driving. EconoFlare. Let's make the world end. Hello there, my name Dr. Phil. I just want to take a moment to talk to you about my favorite brand, EconoFlare. EconoFlare is the only full-based company that has openly embraced the impending apocalypse. They know that the ship is going down, so why not steer right into it? So let's make sure we burn this shit all night, bring on global warming. I ain't afraid. Econo Flare. Let's end the fucking world. Let's kill the world together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
Oh god, what's happening? Um, but yeah, we're back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, how did we get that Econoflare sponsorship? That's I, incredible. I think they just heard that we were doing an oil thing, and so I'm an oil man. <laughs> they just jumped on it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're trying to end the world. <laughs> yeah, I think they are. Um, but I'm yeah, pretty sure it's this I'm one. a demon. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but yeah, H.W. Uh, Good actor. Who is this kid? Has he shown up in yeah, anything it's since? It's right there. It, his Dylan name is Frazier. Dylan, Dylan Frazier. Damn. Oh my god, he's Frazier? <laughs> yeah, he did several he seasons Frazier. of Frazier. Oh no, did my phone die? Damn it. <laughs> no, I, I agree that his acting was uh, was very, very good. Um, very entertaining for the little bits of dialogue he actually has. Yeah, he no, heard. but I mean, he, he fucking acted it so well. Mm-hmm. I'm looking him up. Um, and I mean, nothing more challenging than, you know, playing a deaf character yeah. in some ways you know what i yeah, mean for sure. so i definitely thought uh it's very entertaining both him and the adult that's the only thing himself. he's ever done we get to see oh shit this is the only thing he's that's ever done he's ever you, done my phone's damn yeah that's crazy he did a fucking bang up job this mm-hmm. kiddo um but yeah I, I i felt like he was one of the first contenders we actually get to see that plays really well with daniel day lewis mm-hmm. because uh, I, I i i was still taken out of it from time to time it felt like it felt like a combated kind of relationship, even mm-hmm. though he would bring everyone under his wing whenever he really trusted them and liked them. It still felt like even on the, the tier of acting, it was combative in a, in a lot of ways. Interesting. Um, does anyone else want to carry the torch to talk for a couple of minutes while I had text? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, no, I really think the, uh, you're right. The HW, uh, Dylan Frazier does a fantastic job as the character. And um, I really think this, the movie kind of takes off when he you know his character's deafened because that's obviously when we get the oil derrick blowing up which i don't know if y'all know why that even happened i i kind of looked into that so how would the fire intrigued. have gotten involved? okay so they start the fire oh it's to is burn it, it out is to burn it out and so um but what actually happens is that the best way i could have kind of imagined it for myself is that an oil derrick works kind of like a syringe mm-hmm. which is that it's pulling all of the oil into like a pressurized space that then it can then pull from, oh, then okay. take out from there. But it's like if that pressurized space that it pulls it into gets too pressurized, it can explode. And yeah. so what it is okay. is like the, there's literally mud. We see it when they drop mm-hmm. that first needle down. There's like all that mushy, gross right. mud that they're like waiting around. Mm-hmm. in. that mud is actually part of the science because it's one of the things that keeps like those bubbles and stuff from bursting right. through. It's meant to be like a barrier to stop that stuff from making That's, it to yeah. the top. Mm-hmm. But so it's just like that pressure got so bad that it was able to burst through all of that stuff. And but once it pops like that, then it's just like a. It's a um, geyser. Yeah, it's like a geyser because it's there's li- quite literally an ocean of oil you know yeah underneath i mean it's under so. constant pressure that's how be- it became oil exactly yeah that's so. incredible um and so they even do that cool trick that they blow it up to like let the like mm-hmm. mine collapse, collapse in on, on itself. itself i thought that was fucking cool I was is like, that Damn. what it was that it collapsed i thought it was just that it like blew away yeah, like, no, I, I, have to, I have to assume it caused blew away the, the fire, the hole to collapse in on itself. Yeah, and you know, just because then the next time we see it, that well is completely shut down, and there's three new wells oh, I that have been planted kind of around where Mary One was originally okay. placed. So the three new wells are like, that. yeah, and I love that scene because exactly it's stuff you have to analyze and mm-hmm. notice. And I didn't until multiple times watching that literally 
uh, the very next scene after they finally blow it up and destroy Mary One, we quite literally see the three wells he's put up in place. And that mm. is where we carry when the guy's like, you have one well here. And he's like, no, I have three wells. You yeah. haven't been paying attention. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. Anybody, <laughs> I didn't anybody who hadn't been paying attention just got caught up. And I think that's so brilliant. You know, the movie catches you up even if you haven't been yeah. focusing at times, which um, is cool. The whole scene, yeah, he slowly spirals down into madness, From especially HW's deafness. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, you know, he threatens to cut men's throats in their sleep. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, he was he was virtually unlikable, but I didn't not like him. It was weird, exactly, because there's other movies where, um, to go back to The Sound of Metal, mm-hmm. where he. He's played as sympathy, but I couldn't ever get behind him. Even though he does do, you know, you never he fucks up a long time, constantly. What was yeah. the character's name? Ruben. Ruben. Yeah, he got it. Um, That's what it was. It was Ruben. What was his girlfriend's I name? Remember. Um, June. I'm just gonna yeah, sparkle. No, it's something like that. <laughs> you think we uh, Lou? Lou. I was like, you think we remember? He says her name a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, another deaf movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that, um, the explosion and his son g- going deaf is like the turning point. Son. <laughs> yeah. The turning point in the movie, as far as like everything goes downhill uh-huh. from there, as far as like his character. Right. But no, everything yeah. goes uphill from there, as far as his lifestyle. His success. Yeah. yeah. His, so it's his, like, cra- yeah. it's, it's insane the way it's it's like it literally has to split the man in half in order to follow the arc correctly exactly and to show that those two things don't always line up like Mm -hmm. personal happiness and personal success aren't you know synonymous you know things to like lines to follow you can be fucking the unhappiest you've ever been in your life and the richest you've ever been in your entire life and that's exactly kind of the pinnacle of the end of this movie Mm -hmm. when we see you know the what success can get you and lose you you know yeah um, um it's it's interesting um this movie doesn't have a character arc for any characters um not even hw because they're HW, kind of just how they are yeah mm-hmm. exactly and but we still it, it's all telegraphed really well to us what the lessons are to be learned for us the the person that's able to step back and actually look at the whole thing as a whole mm-hmm. rather than live it and experience it and have to um you know feel the emotions of it you know uh and so it it goes on for years and years i think it's what like overall 30 something mm-hmm. years that this happens um and paul dano still looks like he's 50 yeah he looks the exact same age <laughs> <laughs> it's all that holy water he's drinking mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> he's a weasel of a man they he did a really changed. good job with making daniel day lewis somewhat age oh yeah, yeah for sure film. There's one of the first or, or one of the earliest scenes. He has a full beard. Mm-hmm. You know, so jealous of how thick he looks. Dude, dude, I know. I was like, damn. Dude. I was like, that's the fucking top of my head on his chin. <laughs> dude, coal miner plain view is one of my favorite looks for sure. I, but I love the wardrobe in mm-hmm. these, these movies a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I love how he dresses the entire film because it's so. Once again, him obviously trying to look distinguished Mm -hmm. above what is his trade necessarily you know where he is truly like the down in the dirt oil man he still tries to dress in a way that makes him look of clout you know of of money and i 
fucking love his little tight pants and mm-hmm. the, like the hats he wears. I, I just I, I ate up and the fact that he keeps HW obviously dressed like a little professional business little businessman mm-hmm. at all times. Everything Daniel does, he's, he's the small gentleman. Is considered yeah, <laughs> small <implant>. gentleman. <laughs> Yeah. His whole life is a business model. You yeah, know? for and sure. It's, it's crazy, you know, to think of someone who would ha- start with his origins of obviously being the... I wish we knew what, how he learned this, mm-hmm. how he knew to become this. It's that drive, man, to, for success. He, it's he, almost like he was born to be this. Exactly. He probably failed. I mean, there's obviously, because there's a pretty good gaps. Mm-hmm. So he probably failed a lot. Mm-hmm. Before That's true. leading up getting, to it. before getting to the point where we're watching, true, you know, where the meat of this story is. Yeah, so I can imagine after he finds um, the silver, he failed a little bit before succeeding. No, for sure, yeah. You know? Before reaching Castle Hill, or yeah. obviously for success, well, um, the the three big points we've talked about two of them that I feel like this movie telegraphs what it wants you to understand while also trying to play a trick on you and you possibly believing the opposite. The, the two that we've mentioned is Paul and Eli. Um, the second is the fact that HW is not his child. The third is his secret brother where HW tries to kill him after going through the journal by lighting his bed on fire, Mm -hmm. which was not a good plan. (laughs) Um, but it's interesting because we never get the concrete words that really like put Henry at fault for not actually being his brother in the journal. From yeah. all the clippings that we were able to read from the journal, even when HW's flipping through it, we don't understand exactly what he's learned about him that would make him want to kill Lack him. Lack of trust. Yeah. Right. Um but those, I, th- I think those are three beautiful moments where it's almost like the movie telling you exactly what you're supposed to believe while also allowing you to possibly believe the opposite, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and Because, like, how did you take those scenes well, when H.W. tries to light the bed on fire and all that stuff? Were you like, oh, he's definitely not his brother? Well, at first, I was kind of just blown away by him trying to light him on fire. <laughs> well, and see, yeah, I took but, it as, like, acting out. Because he, oh, he's like oh, the new side. Oh, he's oh. feeling replaced. He's like, I oh, well, now that. I'm crippled. So you're replacing me with yeah. this guy, mm-hmm. you know? And so I definitely saw it as him, like, yeah, feeling like he had to act out against his dad in this new comer who's in what mm-hmm. was his bed yeah. up until that point, you yeah. know? And so that's kind of how I interpreted it. And so why they're forced to send him away because he's obviously like now just the, a problem. Yeah. 100%. And Daniel now has a true replacement. Yeah. to him the <laughs> exactly. fact that you pointed that out is, you know the dependency thing is such a good call i mean it's something i guess i did recognize but didn't you know it's it's so really dive into it and really focus on the fact that it's so important and yeah. and, and, and to analyze it in that moment where daniel's fine like daniel chooses to keep hw around for a while in spite of him being all fucked up and mm-hmm. you know and not being the partner he needs anymore but it's really as soon as henry is like stapled in is like oh i can count on this guy he sends, truly does finally send him away under pretenses of a bit being for his own good, which right. probably was the best thing he could have ever done for him, truly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so I was actually talking to my boss earlier today about this movie. And oh, I, had he seen it before? Yeah, and he's seen it before. And um, I wasn't done with it when I was talking to him about it. Oh, I was did like, he spoil I, something? I was like, I still have an hour left, so don't tell me anything. <laughs> and... 
And he was like, oh, okay, it's a good movie. He was like, have you seen this part yet? <laughs> and I was like, I just told you to shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. And then he, I could tell he felt really bad. But like, uh, right after that, I had to go to another job site. Oh. So I was... For um, some reason, I thought you were going to say something crazy like a quinceanera or something. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Go to the moon. But I was, I was watching, I started watching the movie on my phone while waiting for my boss. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was the scene he was talking about. Well, like, which is what? Which scene? Yeah, what, um, what's it called? Basically where they reveal that the, he's not really his, his brother. brother. Oh shit! Yeah, so he basically was like, "Oh, did you see the scene where they where you find mm-hmm. out he's not his brother?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> well, now I have. Yeah. Well, because you could also interpret that as like, "Oh, when HW goes through the journal," because you know what I mean. Like it, it's almost like that was supposed to be telling you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, well, it's interesting you got that from that because I didn't. Oh, okay. the first time you know I watched it. I w- you know? That was that there was something in the journal. Yeah, that there was anything relevant in the journal that made him be like, mm, "We shouldn't trust this fucking guy." Yeah, know? I was, I was like, "Oh shit, HW mm-hmm. knows something from the journal." Because I, I'm, uh, there's no evidence that HW has any education. Oh, so he he might not even know how to fucking read. Exactly. There's no. So I don't even believe that he necessarily. But he was could looking read. at pictures. He, he looks at the picture of the woman that's yeah. in it. But exactly, I think that's he focuses on that because the words are. He's. I think he's yeah, holding it upside down. Enough. Yeah, he, he was. He's, literally, he's holding the book upside down, oh, so the picture falls cause in. Because yeah, I was like, I think there's a reason. I was like, he definitely isn't even reading this. I remember thing. thinking like, oh, he can't read. Mm-hmm. That's why it's upside down. He doesn't even Interesting. know. Interesting. So I think yeah, he that's. I don't know. It, it's still a chance, you know what I mean? That yeah. it, is, it is that, but I definitely took the the HW stuff, like how I said, which it was much more like, hey, fuck this guy. I'm your partner, you know? Yeah. I feel like the, uh, but the fact that he's going through the journal is telling us something yeah. regardless. Regardless, yeah. And so I... It's us even He just doesn't something. trust him. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Um yeah, I mean, I, I took. But that how did y'all t- how did y'all feel about the? Well, see, I thought it was. Cr- I personally never trusted Henry throughout the, for even the mm-hmm. first experience. I was like, "There's fuck this guy's such a creepy dude that just like showed up out of yeah. nowhere on the coattails of your like success being in a paper like yeah, telegraphed just, success. Yeah, you know, that's mm-hmm. yeah, I was like convenient. I was like, he's a bad guy in the mummy. Don't listen <laughs> to him. <laughs> Yeah, this guy plays villains, <laughs> but I think Henry's such an interesting character because once his truth is revealed, he's not necessarily a villain so much as just someone that is like, in his opinion, no one. You know, he right. feels like mm. he doesn't have his own story to tell, so this is like his chance to like become I'm, somebody. He was en- envious of Daniel's actual brother, yeah, you know, true. and it, of Daniel. And do you believe his story that he? died legitimately or do you think there was more of like a hey give me that uh, well i mean he also talks about his his uh troubled past and Mm -hmm. how he did time and shit like that so i don't know i um (laughs) but uh he he i don't remember what i was gonna say maybe they were friends in jail oh yeah for sure i mean i felt like i it made me think this must have happened at some point someone's lineage was suddenly interrupted by someone pretending to be a sibling that then their offspring become the prime like executors or the prime like inha- uh, and they're just parasites yeah know? inheritance <laughs> of of whatever you know new royalty that and they've happened they- in game of thrones yeah. oh it has oh wow as long as you just pretend to be joffrey, that yeah. family member you know? but joffrey didn't know well but he was also a legitimate well i mean i mean yeah <laughs> 
Save it for your Game of Thrones yeah, podcast. Exactly, yeah, too. our Game of Casts. Oh, oh boy. Are we making this? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think that is a... Tune in next week for it. Game of Casts. <laughs> I'm sure that exists. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it did. <laughs> I, I have to believe that's a dead breed in <laughs> Game of Thrones-themed podcast. We should I, make one that it has nothing to do with Game of Thrones once you listen to it. We should just sound like really ignorant guys excited to be watching the show but i can't wait to see where this goes guys but we were just watching naruto <laughs> god damn it we're go just, listen to our naruto episode we're just watching naruto. the bbc and anything they air about the royal family it's the game of thrones god damn it anyway go um, our naruto episode. <laughs> yeah. um the story plot that his brother turns into because mm-hmm. i i was baffled at the mm-hmm. idea of even introducing any of this shit i was like is this just another hurdle for him to go through and the 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 piece of the puzzle that this now creates is that he murders him mm-hmm. and that is now leverage for, for bandy. bandy which i can imagine that means bandy was like watching him that night well he, he someone something. his grandson mm-hmm. maybe you know yeah um, Those dang bandies. <laughs> I wish I, I had stuck a bandy. On bandy brand. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Fuck. I keep getting lost. Uh, lost, in, about lost in the blood. Uh, it, was, it was about bandies, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then making him go to church. Yeah, I mean. In the church, the the baptism scene. Yeah. Both both church scenes, really. You know, we get Eli oh, getting was... to see how ridiculously crazy he is from Daniel's point of view. Mm-hmm. Because I love how absolutely pissed Daniel Dude. is by the end of that sermon. And the fact that I would feel the exact same way. But what the fuck did I just sit through? When, yeah. when well, Eli did that sermon, I was like, okay, he's going to die by the end of the movie. I drink your Milkshake. I played the wrong button. We haven't quite gotten to that one. Try again. I've abandoned my child. Yes, that that's one. one of them. What about the other one? Where's my son? <laughs> that's not him. <laughs> that is. That's his internal. There you go. <laughs> um, fuck. I want to go back to the bandies because I had something to say and it's gone. Uh, it it about matter. the grandpa. Yeah, for sure. It was about the grandpa and the fact that he uses the leverage of murder against right Daniel's son. Yeah, it's gone. I don't know. I had something to say. It's gone, though. No, it's okay. Um, I mean, you're right. That is, like, a an easy plot point that mm-hmm. drives Daniel to have to go to the fucking last place he would ever want to. So, that right. we get the epic, you know, baptism scene where he just gets fucking slapped around and we get the great... Where's my son? Yeah, that one. <laughs> now, I just want a version of this movie with Wolf Forte playing <laughs> Daniel Plainview. I'm a demon. I also, I also love the fact that... Um, Daniel has is punished by the fact that he never went out to meet this guy. Bandy, oh, yeah. In the first place. He's oh, like, God, that's so true. He sets it up so early on. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, oh, okay, he'll come to us. You know, he'll see what we're doing. Yeah. He'll Eventually he'll cave and come yeah. to his land. But I, and I think he even told the person to go see them. But he, yeah, like, but me, Bandy was insisting on him coming out yeah. to speak to him personally on his land. Yeah. What was that guy's name again? His best friend? Fletcher. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I th- exactly. This movie does such a good job of setting all of its stones in place so that they are relevant when they are later on. You know, I think mm-hmm. it does such a good job of setting up the relationship between Eli and. Daniel, so that when mm. it's like you need to be baptized, we know there's only one church around to get that job yeah. done, you know. So we already know 
who's going to have to be doing it. So it's before we're even seeing him in the church. We already know how fucking epic the next scene is going to be between the, yeah. those two, you know, our two characters. I fucking love the scene where Eli has the fucking audacity to walk up and ask for five grand and Daniel fucking slaps him around yeah. and asks mm-hmm. him why he hasn't visited his son and then shoves the mud in his face. Like the acting in that scene, Paul Dano got fucking mud shoved in his goddamn mouth and face. And it's like, fuck, like they probably had to shoot that a couple of times. Like, no, God with pros like them, nah, that was <laughs> a one shot. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just, I mean, you're just, you're fucking in the mud with him. And I love that exactly the whole next scene where he attacks his dad for being stupid. He's just caked in mud. Yeah. He's got fucking tears in his eyes. You see him, yeah, yeah, he's, he's just covered. He's pissed. <laughs> he's just I couldn't believe he was still at that dinner table. I figured he'd have enough money to have his own place. Oh, that and the fact that they all just let him sit down for dinner like that. Where like, <laughs> his mom's not like, let me clean you up a little bit, Eli. And they just were like, ah, fuck it. That's just Eli being Eli. Well, he already had his weekly bath. That's the problem. <laughs> probably. Like, honestly. You get to stay like that for four more days, motherfuckers. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but I just think all of the 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 scene obviously the conflict scenes the scenes where they, we finally get to see them butt heads are some of the most rewarding and entertaining scenes ever put to fucking yeah. screen ever mm-hmm. in my personal opinion they're perfect nemesis they're perfect nemesis and every time you see them clash you it's just it's just you just want a bag of popcorn just <laughs> <laughs> it's like For a fight sure. night all the way up to the climax of this film you know yeah. which is fucking dope I think wow um I I do want to talk about Huh. The symbolism of uh, fucking Daniel Day-Lewis finally telling H.W. that he's not his son and why it needed to be in the film whatsoever. Do you think it was the final nail in Daniel's coffin where it's like you are no longer any human left? You're You're not human left. This is you're gone you're done this is you lose all your sanity or like what was the significance of that because i feel like if you wanted to have this climax if you wanted to have this ending that we're we're going to get to with eli and and daniel why have that scene at all what did that scene mean to you guys for me this a lot of this movie is showing that once again you're worth seeing how much wealth can get you and how Mm -hmm. much it can take away and a big curse of Daniels is exactly he does take care of those that are so close to him, but he also is one of the most untrusting yeah. human beings alive. Mm-hmm. And so I think for him, it's like a final nail in the coffin of like his son coming and telling him like, Hey, I'm going to go start my own company. It's, right. it's like this, this is the final person, the the final person who I don't never owed anything, but I've done everything for betraying me. Like I always fucking knew they were. And so it's just yeah. that one thing he knows that will drive him away forever. You know, it's like him being that, that person of, uh, definites, you right. know, and being like, there's no, there's no us having a relationship if you're not going to be my business partner. So I'm, I will burn that bridge to the fucking ground right now if this is what you're fucking telling me. With you a know? geyser. A flaming yeah, geyser. Just a flaming geyser of oil, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> shit's gonna um, shit's gonna be deaf. <laughs> it just it perplexes me because see, following a story like this, I always kind of wonder like how it was written. This movie comes from a book Oils. called Oil. Oil Oh my God. This was an exclamation point. 
Can you see the sound? <laughs> I tried to, Holy and I actually shit. read the it's plot. It's like this thick. <laughs> I actually read the plot of the book just uh, to see how much they compared. I didn't read the book. I just read the oh, plot of the yeah. book on Wikipedia. Um, and besides some names and maybe a little bit of soft running themes, it's a, they're mm-hmm. very different entities of each okay, other. Okay, so that's that's my next point. I'm pretty sure, well, I don't want to speak out of school, but I think Paul Thomas Anderson, I don't have my fucking he wrote, my phone. He wrote the screenplay for okay. it. Yes. Yeah, so... It confuses me or perplexes me how you could, you know, an ending before you get to it. I, I hope that's how most writing is yeah. done. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine knowing an ending like this and then having to, I guess, if I'm backwards engineering it, it would have to be that he, Paul Thomas Anderson, wanted the betrayal of his son to drive this man past the edge to where he's capable of doing what he's going to do. And to me, if I were going in chronological order while writing it, that would have never come across my mind. I don't, I don't know why I, it just, it feels um, alien to my idea of storytelling, you know? And I I really like that about this movie, but it also puts a weird taste in my mouth because I feel like it's not a finished story in a weird way. But I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I think, and well, and that's the funny thing about the final line of this movie is literally it's him saying, "I'm finished," you know. Yeah. And I think that's the point is that this isn't our finishing point. This is Daniel's finishing point. It's where mm-hmm. he's done tell- showing us this story. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what's funny about it. I feel like this is a story that the main character is trying to tell us without it literally being like, "Hey guys, so this is a slice of my life." You yeah. know, there's without any literal fourth wall breaking and looking at us. It's like this, I, more than anything, is like the, almost like a diary mm-hmm. brought to life in a way, you know? And I think it just finishes on the last page ever ri- that the person ever had time to write, you know? And so yeah. it's not necessarily a wholesome or like a, um, like a ending that gives you closure, but it's yeah. like the ending that makes sense because up until that point, you know, it's basically that HW and Eli are the last people we know of that he has any genuine relationships Right. With and so it's like us watching those last two burn to the ground and our character being finally alone at the end, you know. And so I, mm-hmm. it, it, this is like the opposite of an arc, you know. It arcs like a. It doesn't arc. It, it doesn't just, arc. Yeah, it's just a downward slope. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a downward slope. It's almost it's, like a cliff. Oh, true. Yeah, because it ha- it's like a downward slope to a cliff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because it's just full drop from mm-hmm. the end, you know. And so. I think it this it tells what it's trying to tell, which is once again the the deep the deviations of wealth and happiness and what it takes to get to the top in the oil business, I guess, you know? Yeah. Go kill yourself. You don't gotta just destroy <laughs> the world, you gotta destroy your world. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Fucking rock on. You're ugly, you're disgusting. I'm, you're an al- Can you imagine how <laughs> shitty it was being that fucking sign language interpreter? In that final meeting between oh, oh my god, and, true. Son. and true. he's like, "Fucking tell him what I said." I'd be like, "Oh my god!" I can imagine there is some points where he's like, "I'm not gonna say it that mean." Yeah, I think, I think, I think he does literally like dumb, you know, like yeah. numb down the, the what they're saying to each other a little bit. Um. So the final scene, the final fucking scene. It's uh, how long is it? It's like fifteen it's minutes, like ten hours. <laughs> where did you guys see that coming? Uh, so I had seen this scene before. Oh, okay, okay. fine. Yeah. And so I knew it happened Spoilers. at some point. 
funny enough, long time ago, I thought Paul Dano, I thought H.W. grew up to be Paul Dano. Oh, you thought he was murdering his own son? Yeah. Holy shit. And so I was like, oh, this is this is what the movie into. I thought this movie was going to be far more brutal and gruesome than Where there would be way more blood. <laughs> yeah, there, there will will be blood. I thought was fucking like um like I, I don't know. I just thought it was way more brutal than what yeah, we got. Yeah, me too. But I mean, it's still fucking. I, mm-hmm. I do like this movie a lot. But yeah, the the final scene, the where Eli comes begging for money, hoping because I guess he's struck a deal with the bandies grandson exactly where he gets a the better portion of the cut if they were to sell the land exactly and uh <laughs> he makes him do the i've abandoned my but, child i didn't want to get that one <laughs> <laughs> he says i'm a false prophet and god is a superstition yeah. is the, what he has to repeat over and over again i was just trying to be sensitive yeah. while uh while uh fucking uh, Daniel Day Lewis is eating some rib or something. I know what the fuck is that? Dude, <laughs> that was so rad. It's like, like the, it's like the driest bitch. hunk of meat they could have found for him to just like munch on for that scene. He's eating like milk. It was 1927 meat. Okay, yeah, for real. <laughs> for fucking real. God damn it! Um, and I love that it all takes place in a bowling alley in his. Oh, dude. Home. I just fuck yeah. I think that's fucking I was, badass. Dude, I was like, I, okay, there's bowling alleys back then. When I saw the <laughs> home, I was like, this is dope as hell. I love this house. I was like, of course there'd be mansions like this from the 20s. It makes me want to um, find out when bowling alleys were invented. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good call. That is a good call. Uh, and then, yeah, we get this scene. I drink your milkshake. Which is a very... Mm. Sorry. Which is a very interesting education on drainage yeah. you know mm-hmm. uh which is you know basically a theme that was throughout the entire movie but mm-hmm. we basically get the full explanation for and it i feel like it's such a good thing where you're like that obviously is how that would work you yeah. know what i mean that like you got a big pool of something and you're pu- grabbing getting it from all these spaces it doesn't matter if you weren't pulling from right here yeah you're eventually it gonna get that ravines space. down yeah. to the same point if you dig if you dig deep enough it's all gonna pull down to that one spot yeah exactly. Exactly. i was the this scene the uh, first of all i hate that sound <laughs> yeah. and i hated i hated him in that instance like i hated hearing him and seeing him say this shit because i guess i was like i i know i get it you know yeah. what i mean but it's, it's eli. eli yeah it's eli that's desperate and and uh without the knowledge that yeah uh good movie good movie why do you think it was called there will be blood that was an interesting question I had asked me, and I, for me, my mm-hmm. answer was not to just already put my answer in y'all's head right after I just asked you. The fucking I mean, I don't have a good answer. Got you. It's just that it kind of shows that there will always be violence in this kind of world or reality, mm-hmm. you know, like from the first 14 minutes, we see someone get their head bashed in and die and, you know, all the way to multi-murder in yeah. the name of success, you know, it there's just always going to be blood and violence surrounding the climb to the top, you know, was what I kind of interpret where the title probably had to kind of maybe yeah come from, in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting. I I feel like that's probably the best explanation that obviously could ever get. Oils is a much more <laughs> literal name for yeah. what this movie maybe could have been called. The Oil Man. It was um, the Oil Man. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, 
uh what was i gonna fucking say i my mind is gone today it just keeps getting yanked out um but no yeah it's it's a it, it i feel like the title is fitting for what this is and it's almost like um there must be some sort of saying about blood and oil and thickness or the water or some shit. I don't know. All right, well, let's fucking, let's fucking rate this fucking yes. thing and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, oh, let's yeah. do that. Let's do that. Um, I'll let y'all go first so I can... Fuck, my phone is dead! I, oh, shit. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> fill them out later. No, you phone can do it. You pull the, the oh, sure. list and... Don't yell at me. Oh, I need a... Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it after. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I, I'll give it a um, uh, uh, 3.8. A 3.8. Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, uh, anything you want to say about why? Well, I actually enjoyed the movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, the movie is a very slow burn. Mm-hmm. So I would actually give it a higher rating if it wasn't so boring at some point. <laughs> but that's just kind of that's, yeah. It's something about the movie that you kind of just have to accept and and live with it because some there's some points where you need that lull to get the feeling of excitement when you get to their climax. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of points where it's like it's more like what's the word? It's it's like a real um thing that's happening you, mm. like it's something that you can easily be like i can understand why this person's upset about this yeah. or something like that you know and so it's something basic but they do such a good job of making it so much more exciting with both the music as well as the lulls before that like they, they yeah, kind of for sure. bait you into it you know so they do a really good job with that so that's why i give it somewhat on the higher end yeah but i'm not going to put it above four um, just because I was fairly bored at some points. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I I can agree with you. There were. I feel like I'm a big proponent for um, if the movie feels odd or you are knocked out of it for some reason, it's a good time. It's almost like the movie telegraphing to you. This is my time to step back and try to understand what the movie's trying to tell me by mm-hmm. doing this off-putting thing. Yeah. And there were times where. I felt like this movie didn't necessarily do that. And there were scenes where I was like, I could have recut this just a little bit. And I think it would have worked a little bit more organically or just a little bit swifter. But that's also not what this movie is about. There's times where they're just staring at each other for like three or four seconds before they say anything. Man, when they walk up to the, what were the, what was Eli's last name? Uh, Uh, Sunday. Sunday. When they were walking up to the Sunday farm, I was like, I could have recut this in a much more dynamic oh and gor- organic yeah. way, but I was fine with it because it was it was almost like the movie was trying to let you stew in in all that it had and, and like absorb. Said, you have to accept that, yeah, yeah and absorb movie. the the fact that this is a farm mm-hmm. that's obviously just like a rocky cliff that mm-hmm. nothing could ever possibly be grown on. You know, True. I can also imagine that. Um, nowadays we live much faster lives yeah you know what i mean yeah for sure and and that's kind of a silly thing to say no but yeah but as the movie goes on it speeds up for sure a lot so i mean i can imagine no i haven't rated it you know um i'm gonna rate it uh i think i'm also gonna give it a 3.8 okay but that's because a 3.8 is already pretty fucking high for me yeah Mm -hmm. and i i really do enjoy this movie i think it has a lot to say um I do think there are times where I'm pulled out of it a little too abruptly or harshly mm-hmm. for it to to sw- 
like to kind of feel all the the waves of it and i think that this is a a two-time watcher is what it is definitely and so um because like even the first experience it i tried to be methodical about how it was trying to tell me the story and stuff like that and i just uh i think i overthought about it and Mm. this movie had already been hyped up so highly that there were things that didn't necessarily let me down, but I thought there was just going to be a lot more in this I got than you. what we got. So, yeah, a, th- a 3.8 for me. I really did really like this movie. All right. Well, fuck both of you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm obviously I've been hooting and hollering about how this is one of my favorites. And I genuinely mean that. And I was talking to Paul Damien about it off cast a little bit. But the way I put a movie in on my top shelf it's got one of the hand the things it definitely has to have nice is um rewatchability in the oh, sense true. of like i can put it on paying attention or not and enjoy it and this is definitely one of those for me like i can put this movie on while i'm trying to do something else but as soon as the oil derrick blowing up his scene blo- where it blows up is on i'm kind of like torn from whatever i'm doing and find myself sitting there now watching this movie that is just almost impossible for me to not get engaged in I also have no bias to a slow burning film. You know what I mean? I yeah. think some mm. of my favorites are slow burning at times and it's because I don't mind taking that extra minute to really absorb visuals or like mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, maybe like the emotional undertones of like exactly two people staring at each other for a little, maybe a couple of seconds longer than the scene needed to be <laughs> yeah. because that's, it's a little more organic in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. They creates a rawness that is more like to what, the an actual moment is like because something that drives me nuts uh, in a little bit in media is anytime like someone asks someone like a really like a, co- a question that would be like really dramatic to have been mm-hmm. asked and like then a like loaded question and then it, like cuts to an- another scene where they're like already de- doing something else and it's like well now we ha- like they just asked them like the most epic question that it's not something you just walk away from unspoken with each other you know there would be like it would be like a whole conversation after like that's, that's a good call they're just <laughs> doing dishes and so i you know it's like taking the time to like finish a moment you know mm-hmm. with characters or like even fully start the awkwardness of trying to start a weird conversation you know i can always love but i think this movie's acting is fucking spot on i think cinematically it's fucking gorgeous you know i've never wanted to stare at oil burn more or longer <laughs> um once again it there was there was a vignette kind of like aspect on the oil burning at mm-hmm. night that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. But go on. Uh, and I think it's even partly created by like the light from the glare and the glare of the fire, which is so mm-hmm. intense and intense and real, you know, that mm-hmm. they really did. Um, but then, you know, I talked on the fact that it's based on an, a subject matter that yeah. any, if, if the, I feel like Daniel Day-Lewis was the reason this movie succeeds in a lot of ways, because oh, there's yeah. plenty of actors who could have taken this and made it not the movie that it, is you know it could have been uh aviator from uh leo and and yeah. Martin scorsese <laughs> exactly <laughs> where it's like yeah okay i get it i'm just kidding <laughs> but um it's just i feel like this is just the perfect accumulation of a lot of things that made a movie that is unlike any other you know mm-hmm. and y'all hear that's usually what you'll hear come out of my mouth when i really praise him about something there's no movie quite like there will be blood, especially on mm. what exactly mm-hmm. it's about. You know, even though it's as weird as it is that it ain't no country for old men are somehow two halves of a coin, even though they have nothing to do with each other. Because I agree with you on that. I think this is. The oh, one. well, now that I've seen it, I don't think like, that. But yeah. I, I but I always had that same kind of mentality. Yeah, you know, and sure. I think a lot of people do. So it's weird that that's like a common thought process you know when they really have like similarly rated on imdb Mm -hmm. they're like a point of difference Hmm. like a point oh of difference or whatever i'm trying to point a tenth of a difference but i think this is (laughs) i think this is paul thomas anderson 
you know, and not his swan song, but definitely, you know, showing that he can do all kinds of shit and do it great. So I give this a 4.6 nice. on mine. So big old gorgeous rating for one of my faves. So, and you're right. I think it is a multi watch. And every time you watch it, the nuance, the little nuances and things will just grow. Um, and it's, it's really exciting to experience with someone else who's never seen it. You know, yeah. it's even great for that. So um, I love this movie. Uh, oh, fuck. I was going to ask something. Um, let me just say what I wanted to say, I guess. Uh, the craft of this movie is well done. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm always judging everything I watch on the economy of storytelling. And so that's, I think, I think that's where I like have a hard time with directors. Yeah. You know, because they want to put their thing on how this movie is crafted. And I want the story to be told to me in a better way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah. t- it takes up more real estate than necessary. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Uh, 4.6. Damn. I think that's the highest rating anyone's given anything. I gave the thing three, oh. uh, 4.8. Yeah. Oh, never mind. But, I, but it's definitely my <laughs> highest rating yeah, of anything I've ever sure. given before. So, and I honestly, it probably deserves a higher rating than that in my heart, but I just know others that I will say. I will also, stick. Yeah, even greater grades on. So I, I would, just know I would have given the thing a five but I want to leave a little bit of wiggle room in yeah. case you see yeah, something exactly. that blows your mind yeah, harder even, than even the for thing. that. That point four is like the one part of this movie that pulls me a little bit out is the whole Henry part of the movie because mm-hmm. I agree yeah. with you, especially the first time I watched it. I was like, wait, now we're dealing with this whole person yeah. and thing. I was like, why? It just felt so like I'm already an hour and a half into this movie, and now there's a whole new character I have to mm-hmm. give a shit about. Um, so that's the one part of the movie that I do get pulled out of a little bit, but also that it's still so well acted and engaging that yeah. it, once you get to the conflict of it, it pulls me right back in again, you know? So it's not a perfect film, but it is fantastic for me. So Okay. Awesome. We're done. There will be no more blood after this. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Memories of Murder. Ooh. This is from 2003, directed by Bong Joon-ho and starring uh, Kang Ho Song. So uh, two two people from Parasite. Mm-hmm. Bong Joon-ho directed and Kang Ho uh, starred, starred as the dad. Didn't um, Bong Joon-ho also do um, Train to Busan? Mm, he did Snowpiercer. I don't know if he did Train to Busan. Check maybe, it out. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Because that would be weird if there was two different train movies he did. Nah, could, well, true. Train to Busan's a, a Korean f- uh, film, right? Yes. And um, okay, I got the I got the things on the Okay, awesome. Thank you. No, it's somebody else. Okay, I'm wrong. Anyway. Well, he did Snowpiercer, so we know how much mm-hmm. you love uh, that shit. Snowpiercer. Yeah, <laughs> it's the one with um, Chris, Chris Evans, Evans, right? Yeah. 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 Captain America yeah. on a train. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, thank you guys uh, for being here. Follow us on Instagram. Rate and review on iTunes. Yeah. That helps mm-hmm. us out. Um, if you're interested in comic books, we do a comic book episode every week as well. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing Uncanny X-Force on Wednesday. So Heck come yeah. back for that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, as always. So can't wait to uh, talk about a few uh, memories of murder coming next week. All uh, right. We'll see y'all then, or we'll see you on another time. Bye, guys. Bye. Goodbye.
here at Anglican. <laughs> I'm just going to do it on the same take. God damn it, I didn't rewind it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs>